Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to What a Load of Cobblers, Cobblers Catch Up, a handy summary of the week's news from Sixfields. I'm Tom Reed, and in the midst of a heat wave, we've got Brendan Walsh, Martin Maloney, James Avril and Max Miller. Trying not to melt like a slice of cheese on a Tony Ansel burger. How you doing, guys? You okay? I'm good, thanks, mate. Yeah, all good here. Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Let's start with you, Brendan. The new we'll go we'll go over some of the cobblers bump from this week, general news and stuff like that. And we know Brendan's a kit aficionado. Um the new <laughs> cobblers 2022-23 home shirt was released this week, Brendan. A real throwback to the 1986-87 pinstripe effort. What did you make of it? Do you like it? Yeah, I'm a big fan. It was the one that I voted for on the it felt like ages ago we were asked to do that. Um, but provided that we get a, a decent away kit, it only has to be relatively decent um, because the home's so strong. And then the third is obviously this beautiful blue and chocolate or whatever they're calling it. So as a selection of three kits, it says promotion to me. If you if you just got promoted off the strength of your kits that year, we are sorted um, and haven't even seen the away yet. So, yeah, I was happy. I've already ordered it, obviously, of course. And I really like the long sleeve. Uh, edition you know that you can get it long sleeve now so yeah of course I've, I've gone for that as well so but i did get coiky on the back so i'm sure we'll cover that today at some point uh, but uh, <laughs> i might have already jinxed it oh dear i can see a video on uh on twitter <laughs> of brendan burning this shirt soon he's just, he comes through the post and it's straight on the bonfire for you brendan i, I can see yeah. that <laughs> yeah i did but, that um, with Matt, matty taylor a couple of years ago and then he ended up signing it for me and the club gave me a new one and i put billy waters on the back of that one so maybe i should just stop getting names on the back of shirt this is this is a really bad omen. I'm very sad. Yeah, now we're going to talk about that in a little minute about the Curry Key, um, you know, the conjecture about his future. But yeah, that's not boding well. But me and Martin were having a laugh at the game at Luton. That um, Martin, obviously, I'll say in a minute, he's a big fan of that 1986-87 team. But Martin, for you, you're still waiting for a Richard Hill, aren't you, to to, to sort of uh, emerge? Uh, yeah, it is. I mean, it is quite funny seeing seeing that kit and. The numbers sort of throw you back to the time. So yeah, with the the rampaging, the mulleted, spiky mulleted, moustachioed um, midfielder scoring 33 goals. Not quite picked who that's going to be yet. Wearing number 11. <laughs> and uh, a big revelation at uh, the game at Luton, Martin. That didn't you um, go to the hairdresser and ask for a copy of the Richard Hill mullet? Is that uh, true, isn't it? <laughs> any self-respecting sort of what I've been 13, 14 year old at the time. Would be going, would be going to the hairdressers and asking for a Richard Hill. Yes, absolutely right. And did it? You go to was it the Northampton College hairdressers as well? So you might have got a student. I can imagine the result. <laughs> of just be I think that might have been a bit later in my student days. I think this one might have been up at um, up at Boothville, if I remember rightly. <laughs> and 
Is there any pictorial evidence? Because we've got to see this, Martin. Or has it been like plagued in history? Thankfully not. You know, someone can find out our year at Thomas Beckett and some photos. There might, there might be some evidence there, but it's not any that I've seen. I can imagine the Thomas Beckett, it's a Catholic school, isn't it? The somewhat, I would say, probably sort of a reverential sort of staff there. When you came in with the Richard Hill, they were like, oh, my God. Did you have to do some Hail Marys for that, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> I think at least at the time, we were, we were only only Catholic schools that had never produced a, a, a Catholic priest, which they were quite ashamed of. And certainly being, being like a fervent atheist, I'm quite proud that I went to a Catholic school that couldn't turn a priest out. So I hope they've kept that good record going. And when they saw you with Richard Hill, they were like, Martin's never going to do the job. Yeah, I think I, I was being pointed downstairs from then on. <laughs> but yeah, it's a nice kit. I saw some Cobblers fans moaning about it. And obviously, you know, I, I, I'm i not one to uh, not be known for a little moan here and there. But when you've got like Cobblers fans saying, it's a throwback to the 80s. Why are we bothering? I'm thinking that's the whole point. Like, come on. Like, sometimes a club can't get a break. So fair play. It's, it's, it's a nice kit, a little sell really well um let's move on to another little bit of news the kieran bowie signing which prompted all sorts of david bowie sort of pretty lame uh, song titles it was starman pretty much you know replicated a, over 100 times but um yeah it looks like a, a decent signing he signed till the end of the season from Fulham on loan pretty prolific forward who came through the rafe rovers youth system the heralded Rafe Rafe system. Uh, 19-year-old, he can play wide right, number 10 or centre-forward, pretty versatile, and scored quite a few goals for Fulham in the under-18 Premier League title win. Um, James, he, he, he looks like, you, you saw a little bit of him against Luton yesterday, he looks like a reasonable sign-in, maybe a little bit slight in his frame for me, but quite quite useful, I think. Oh, I, th- I thought he looked quite a uh, uh, kind of, not the physical specimen is the wrong word, but no. <laughs> he looked he looked he looked quite a big lad for his age. I thought. Oh, he's um, tall, he, isn't he? Six foot three. Yeah. Yeah, I think he probably needs to bulk out a bit more, but I yeah. think that'll that'll probably happen. I mean, looking mm. how uh, kind of a few of the players like Apire and Abimbola came back and look, look absolutely massive compared to like five weeks ago. So they've clearly been getting them on a bit of a weight regime over the summer. But um, yeah, yeah he um, I mean, I, I went to the Luton game and he. he he looked very promising, actually, I thought. There was some really rough in, in, in some places. You know, first touch wasn't quite right on a few occasions. But he did a couple of things. You think that looks really promising. And he obviously did really well for, for the Mitch Pinnock goal as well. So, obviously, you know, the lack of kind of attacking options was was pretty well documented last year. So, it's obviously an area we needed to improve. And he gives us a bit of a, a kind of target presence up there as well, which I think all, all our strikers do at the moment, in, in fairness. Hilton, Apire and Bowie, Bowie, however you pronounce it, um, look like they can they can do that role for us. Um, but he, 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 didn't look, um, he didn't look slow either. He, he looked like he could run with the ball, yeah. confident on the ball. So, yeah, it, it, it was a kind of promising first viewing of him, I thought. And, you know... He, I know YouTube clips are nothing to go on because Francis Laurent looked like the best signing we ever we'd ever get uh, with his kind of B-roll from the French leagues and then turned out to be absolutely useless, proving my Constantine rule, rule um, <laughs> almost all over again. But uh, yeah, he, 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 he looked he looked he looked promising, I thought. And it was a it was a good start. 
Yeah, and he's, he's entitled to come on for that as well. He's probably not played so many times with our team and stuff. And it's, he's, as a young guy, he needs to just find his feet. But definitely potential there. Definitely got a little bit of skill. And if you come through the Fulham ranks, you're going to be well-schooled. So it seems like a good sign. And hopefully he'll uh, impose himself when the league actually starts. Um, I'm going to bring you, Max, in for the next subject. Because I was having a little chuckle this morning looking at classic social media hype i guess it is with um the ali kariki to uh derby rumors um yeah. max because you you did you've just finished a, a degree haven't you is that right in, in journalism essentially yeah i have i um well i graduated there last year but uh yeah. just so so i want to i want to sort of bring you in on this it's, I, I suppose they might actually cover that in in modern journalism courses this sort of new new media would you call it like in social media because i'll just run people through the the background that haven't um really kept up with it um so i think it was you know it was a, this was sort of early last well, uh, last week at some point um a tweet came out for one of those efl transfer accounts on twitter saying that um derby i think it was rangers had an interest in ali kariki and there's plenty of those ones and they're often you know you take them with a pinch of salt but then um a guy called sports pio on twitter who gets quite a few things right and i think he's a, a bona fide journalist he tweeted that um, Derby County had lined up a move for Northampton Town's Ali Kariki. So, of course, the Derby fans, and they haven't had much good news recently, had a bit of a frenzy on it in terms of trying to get some good news, a bit of a, a, bit of a transfer because they're um, under financial restrictions. So they were all over it and they were tweeting us, we were tweeting them, blah, blah, blah. And then, weirdly, this account by the name of Hannah Perkins on Twitter piped up to add fuel to the, the flame, saying, actually, Derby County are uh, close to agreeing terms for Northampton Ali Kariki so it's gone like one step further according to her and a payment structure of the deal and some personal terms still to be tied up so that you know on face value you're like well this is moving at a pace and this is going to happen but then cut a long story short short Jay, Jake Sharp of BBC asked a few questions of the club and they said it's you know essentially there's there's nothing to it so Max like it's quite indicative now isn't it of modern journalism where real news and rumour and everything else mixes into one and it's hard to tell tell the wheat from the chaff. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, the amount of times you're seeing, it's almost like it's like a, what's it called? Like, almost like a, a wheel for them. It's like, oh, spin out a random player and link it with a random club. I mean, like you said, mm. with some of those like EFL transfer um, accounts, like I saw one that linked us with um, former uh, AFC Wimbledon striker Corey Andrews the other week. And yeah, he's yeah. gone and signed for Torquay. So, Sometimes it is. Sometimes I think there are genuine people who run those accounts who who don't know what they're doing. But then sometimes there might be people who perhaps know someone, who knows someone who is in the know, and they happen to just sometimes get it right. Sometimes it is a genuine fluke. Uh, but sometimes mm. it is. Sometimes it is. Um, it, they are sometimes wrong. So it's, it's just depends which yeah. side you see the coin. Like I said, I think I always think if Sky Sports. Pete, uh, Pete, it's Peter Rourke, isn't it? Um, yeah. Yeah. I always find that if he does tweet something, then it's usually pretty accurate because I think he did, if I remember correctly, he was another one that did tweet about the Sam Shearing um, signing as well. So yeah. it, it just depends. But then it's always a case of that always happens every transfer window where we're linked with players who then always go on to join other clubs, if that makes sense. Yeah. I'll bring you in, uh, Brendan, on that one, because it's just, um, on one hand, you think there's no smoke without fire, especially with Sky Sports PO, but then the other accounts that are tweeting this stuff. How do you ever make your mind up? 
Yeah, I mean, there's, there's for me, there's a clear thing here. Like, I think there's a uh, a lot of people, kids, or whatever, that play like FIFA career mode, and they don't maybe don't understand the kind of the process of a transfer, especially in the lower leagues nowadays. And someone like uh, Pete O'Rourke saying in the week, Derby have interest in Ali Koike, that mm. could genuinely be. He could have heard from someone. He could have had a tip from someone. Yeah, I would. I would probably state after the season he had last season, a lot of people have an interest in Ali Koike. That's maybe not news. But then um, the difference between that and then someone like Hannah saying they're close to agreeing terms, blah blah blah. That's probably why the club have got their backup because there's probably a couple of clubs that have Ali Koike, his name somewhere on a list. Yeah, and Derby identifying that and potentially Rangers or whoever else uh, Peter Rourke was yeah. was commenting on that that might not be far from the truth at all. Uh, yeah. And I think uh, Brady and 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 the Quran and everyone did did well yesterday. What they said was, you know, um, that for, as far as they know, there's no contact between the clubs. That's it. We could see this week that they lodge a bid. All all Pete said was that they're interested in him. And what I did think was interesting, and I tweeted as well, like that maybe I read too much into this, and that is the big football mentality. You know, like Man United or Liverpool would never put someone on a calendar or on a picture that is about to leave. But <laughs> the, the next morning after all this blew up with, you know, Pete O'Rourke and all Cobblers Twitter, that massive world, that is Cobblers Twitter. And the, the first picture they put up was Ali Koike in the new kit and they were talking about the game and everything. And yeah. he's, the, he's front and centre of all the pictures um, showing the new kit off. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the away kit today. But I don't know. Yeah, the, like you said, there's no smoke without fire. But it seems that the club are kind of like, well, for now, he's our player. And, and I do think it would take quite a, a hefty bid to get rid of him. Um, but to for, for once as well... We did all say when we signed Ryan Haynes, that's quite a strong signing to potentially be a backup left back. Yeah. So I don't think it's not like in some big players leaving, even when Roberts earlier this summer left and you're like, OK, well, we're only left with one keeper and not many people rate him. Like We do have a good backup if something was to happen. So we have all the chips, do you know what I mean? We've got a replacement already sorted. Um, he's got a year left. So if we wanted to say, look, give us a year and then you can go at the end. If we don't get promoted, we can do that. Um, it's ultimately quite hard to keep players from a project like Derby. You look at the signings they've made, they should be going straight back up. So you're, yeah. you're essentially saying you're signing for an ambitious championship side. You know, it's hard. So we can we can go into it and say, this is what we value him at. If you don't meet it, he's staying with us for the year. So I, weirdly, I'm quite relaxed about all of it. And I think the club did the right thing yesterday, just saying, just coming out and saying like, there's none of that's true. We haven't heard anything. Let's crack on. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's all really, uh, you know, reasonable analysis of that. I, I wouldn't give much truck to them putting, you know, cobblers putting him in pictures and stuff like that because they could put him in pictures one day and he'd be gone the next. So I don't, you know, I don't think they're, they maybe they're trying to sort of big him up a little bit as a I like player, to believe. To Tom, I like to believe. <laughs> I know you do. Sorry, <laughs> I don't want to burst your bubble on that one. Yeah, we believe, but uh, with your track record, as we've said with these shirts, it's not <laughs> good. But I'll bring James in actually because James knows all the nonsense of you know journalism and trying to work out what's real and what isn't but James do you I sort of like spin it a little bit in terms of the no smoke without fire thing that a one-year contract for a player that seems to be attracting higher league attention it doesn't seem that strong anymore does it a one-year contract a bit a little bit a little bit paper thin well I mean in fairness 
he was a bit of a pump when we signed him, wasn't he? Um, you know, he came in as a trialist. I mean, you could tell from the first game he played, I was just like, from about 10 minutes of watching the guy, I was just like, we need to sign this guy. He offered mm. something that we didn't have. They've obviously, ex- you know, exercised the option um, to, to do the extra year. And I think in fairness to the, to the club, that's probably as much as they could do. Um, I think he's clearly above League Two level. And I, I wouldn't begrudge the club at all for, you know, if, if they do, if a bid does come in to kind of saying, listen, if you meet the valuation, yeah, you can go. Uh, because I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather, I'd, I'm at the stage now where I'd actually rather, you know, get some money for the player because we know realistically they're probably going to go at the end. It's very rare that we get players to stay when there's interest higher up. Those kind of days are, are, are kind of gone, I think. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, I would say if, if Pete O'Rourke has tweeted it, there's something there. Pete yeah. is as reliable, I think, as a kind of lower league journalist gets. Um, now, he hasn't said that they've bid for him, but I think the fact that he said, I think the, like has already been identified, they used the phrase, his interest. Mm. Wouldn't be surprised at all if a bid comes in from Derby. It probably hasn't at the moment, and I would, you know, it, it's very rare for the club kind of media team to kind of unequivocally deny that, you know, something's coming that, you know, if they've done that, they haven't had a bid for him. But if Pete O'Rourke's tweeted about it, I wouldn't be surprised to see a bid come in. I think that's kind of my evaluation of the situation. So yeah. I don't think the club denying it yesterday actually changes anything because I fully expect bids to come in for him. And if I'm perfectly honest, if a bid comes in, I think he'll go. Mm. Um, but as as Ryan, uh, as as Brendan already kind of correctly identified, we have at least kind of identified that that could have been an issue. And we've got in someone in Ryan Haynes, who is kind of an experienced, you know, yeah. player in that position. So like yeah. he says, it's not the end of the world. So I think that's actually good kind of pre-planning by the club, actually. And whether Haynes is going to become the, the, you know, a replacement for Quake if he goes, or if the plan is to get someone in of a similar caliber and for them to slog mm. it out for that place, I think we're in a good position. And a bit like Brendan said, I'm, I'm quite relaxed about it. Brilliant if he stays, but if he goes, it's been a good bit of business. Mm, I, I think it's quite interesting that Derby allegedly have this interest and that's come out publicly because realistically, a Cobblers fans really don't want to sell him to Derby because of the financial restrictions they're reported to be under. You know, you want slightly bigger fish to, to come in for him. But when this Derby interest comes out, you might see other clubs say, well, Derby are actually supposed to be under these restrictions. Could we actually get a you know a deal here? Can we outbid them? Can we gazump them? We've had Rangers, allegedly. God knows if that has any interest, uh, any reality. But you might find, I think it was Sunderland previously were supposed to be interested. So we you might find well. that Derby are blown out of the water here. And as James has said, that it, it will probably come down to market forces now. And then you want a bidding war. And then ideally you want you know Derby to you know, be gazumped. So we'll see what happens with it. I do think that Kawiki's a, a really good player as Brendan, I think, saw him early on, and so did James. But he's the sort of player we need if we want to be pushing on to League One and and um, consolidating there. But then again, that one-year deal is a bit of a bit of a dubious one. So we'll see what happens. Um, let's move on to the friendlies now. Both of them took place in pretty warm conditions, and it's hard to garner too much information from them. But nevertheless, we haven't won either yet. High-level opposition, obviously. Um, 
Martin, you went to the West Brom one, didn't you? It finished 3-0 to the Baggies with goals from uh, Dyke or DK, I don't know how you pronounce that, and Grant and Reach for the Baggies. What did you make of the West Brom friendly, Martin? Um, I, I was happy enough. I think first half when they were play, they played, the Cobblers played quite a strong team and I think they they were matching West Brom reasonably, mm. you know, for a side that are kind of two, two leagues above. Um I thought, you know, we 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 looked up we looked up for it. There was obviously some some rustiness, but you know, all of the new, all of the new players looked, you know, at it. You know, they look they looked to be good signings. So, um, yeah, we can see obviously conceded a couple more goals late on to really kind of put cherry on top for the baggies. But I was I was perfectly happy happy with that. You know, it is. I think a comment's been made, hasn't it, about he's trying to get harder friendlies to stretch to stretch them. Which yeah. probably means, you know, in you know, days of wondering how many will put put past Sylvia uh, sort of um you know in in the past for now. But it was um I thought I thought it looked a good start. It was, you know, first first vision I had a lot of these these new signings and I think we went toe to toe to them for a half, as it was gradually replaced with sort of youth teamers and what have you. Um you know, perhaps um, you know the West Brom's fitness. Certainly, I think they looked they looked in really good shape. Um, they looked like they really had been in pre-season for a few more weeks than us, um, and and their quality showed. And mm. it was an inter- it was an interesting cameo by the. Um, I mean, we all joked about the the trialist number fifty, who we we believe is Jarrell Sellers. Yeah. Um, he looked sort of a bit like you know we took a punt a bit on Koike when he came in. Yeah. Uh, before and he did start off as a backup for Joseph Mills and it kind of shows you know kind of trajectory of those two players went in kind of opposite directions you know I I, would, I don't know what's happening with him but he looked like he had a bit of, a bit of devil about him yeah yeah the, the trialist it's brilliant I love the cobblers detectives out there that can identify a trialist within about 10 minutes of them actually taking to the pitch god knows how they do it but it's absolutely brilliant I spoke to a guy it's allegedly Jarrell Sellers, looks like Jarrell Sellers, fits the profile of him. Spoke to a guy at Cheltenham who knows a little bit about him and said he's a really quite exciting player, good dribbler, I think he's left-footed and um, sort of worth a pun. I think he was training there but picked up a niggle um, this pre-season. So it'd be interesting to see what if he ever turns up, if, if it is Jarrell Sellers, because uh, he didn't play, I don't think, against Luton. So we'll see. But is that creativity? I'll move on to my own point about that. West Brom game that creativity is still a little bit of a question mark for me um and I take on board what you say completely Martin and it's all very level-headed it's just I'm slightly and it's obviously um pre-season this is what happens but I was there's a bit of a disconnect between the players and especially in that West Brom game um I'm sort of struggling for a, a ball player in midfield someone to get their foot on the ball um we've got McWilliams who had McWilliams in there for the West Brom game he's a bit more combative you had Fox ghosting between the lines and you had Salby often plays a simple pass nicknamed Crab by his teammates. So for me, it was a little bit like, yeah, going long a little bit often to a Pere who worked his ass off to be fair to him. I really like him, but yeah, just that bit of ability in the middle of the park and then that little bit of creativity going forwards. And I was, I wouldn't say I was concerned, but it didn't seem to me like a team that was going to take the piss in this league this season. But um, then we moved on to we move on to the Luton game where quite a few of us went to see that one. Um, that finished two one to Luton. 
quite annoying really because Cobblers played pretty well. I thought we might have held out, but uh, goals came from Mitch Pinnock for Cobblers, I think. Uh, Luton goals came from Adebayo and Potts. Cobblers faded a little bit again second half, but felt much more like it, a lot more cohesive and a little bit of a threat from set pieces. Um, James, you were there, weren't you? Your first friendly, there's probably enough there to give you confidence going into that first uh, league game against Colchester. Yeah, there is. There was a lot of good signs. I think mostly in the fact that we we look very solid defensively again. Um, And I said it at the start of last year and it proved true. And I think it always proves true. If you were organised in League Two, you'll be in the playoffs at least. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, the fact that we've got kind of Calderwood there, who's got this fantastic, you know, defensive record with us, I think indicates we will be up there again in, in in and around the mix. My one concern, again, was just the creativity side of things. I mean, I'll, I'll say Hilton in the first half, I thought was sensational. Um, some of the some of the kind of turns he did, touches um, were, were, were incredible. You know, he looked far above um, the level that we'd normally see at League Two. So I think, you know, yeah. the fact that Nathan Jones thinks he's going to be the best signing in League Two by a country mile, I wouldn't disagree. Um, that said... It was still quite long ball to him uh, at times, and it was still quite direct. And I think we are still missing that creative player, which we've been crying out for for you know since the start of last season, basically. So yeah, I'm going to assume that that's where the recruitment work is kind of looking at because we do need that player still. I think just to add an extra element to our game because we've got no doubts that we'll, we'll be up there just by being solid and having someone as good as Hilton up, up top and a Pire as well, who, you know, I, I, I really do rate and I think will be a really good player for us. Um, but it's just that lack of creativity um, mm-hmm. that is still a bit of a concern for me, but I still think we'll be up there and you've got to think we were desperately unlucky last year. It was 80 points. We got, you know, you nearly always go up with 80 points. So, yeah, I, I think we'll be up there. And I saw enough in the game, especially from the new signings as well. I was really impressed with, um, I've already mentioned Bowie. Um, you could tell what Fox is going to bring. He looked a bit rusty, but you could tell, you know, what he was going to bring to the party. And Shering and Adameo looked sliding seamlessly at the back, I thought. And Burge made a couple of good saves as well. So, there were some very promising signs there for sure. Mm, yeah, makes a lot of sense. Martin, you were there. You were speaking to your friend. Used to play in the UCL, played at a good level. I think he made the comment that that might be this roughly the team we'll see on um, for the opening game of the season. Do you would you sort of concur with that, Martin, or do you reckon there's a couple um, of changes still to be made? Well, I think if the season were to start next week, I'd say that'd be pretty much would look like um, what you'd pick with everybody fit. Um, but obviously they they have um, said there's still recruitment work to be done, which you know some of that will just be maybe some squad depth. But you know you would hope I think you know you you've made the kind of thing most of us are in agreement. Um, maybe a different type of player in in the middle of midfield um, just to to be able to mix that up a bit. But yeah, it it looks pretty damn good to me. I mean I can only echo you know about Danny Hilton being. Yeah, it's obviously good. It's just the the right plan for us. You know, we did create quite a bit last year that was was wasted. Um, I don't have any worries that we won't create enough. And just having someone there who's got a history of putting the ball in the net and seems to be a a really good influence on young players. You kind of hope that the sort of 
the stardust that we sprinkle on centre halves fairly regularly, maybe he's part of doing that at the opposite end of the field because you know it has felt the last um, last few years that you know often player stri- strikers come here and um, kind of go downhill really. You know I think probably the Dane Oliver's one of the only ones that's come in and left as a better player than when he start when he signed. Yeah, yeah, it's one of those difficult ones because as John Brady has said, we're playing high level opposition through a test. And it's often it's like horses for courses. You put a you know a horse race analogy. If you put a horse in a top level race, maybe that's not his real level, but you drop him down a couple, finds his feet a little bit, and then he um you know he cracks on. And that's where I think maybe the Luton game. Me and Martin have actually got a bet who's going to finish higher between West Brom and Luton. I've gone for West Brom because I think they're better side, but Martin went for Luton. For me, the Luton game was more like we're going to expect to see against Colchester or, you know, other teams in League Two. Maybe, a, you know, a little slower pace, trying to have a little bit of guile to unlock it. But, um, yeah, it was a, a sort of an interesting in, interesting tussle, really. Brendan, you know, there was um, a little bit of a rick at the back from uh, John Guffrey. Um, caught Dordan on the ball, essentially, maybe caught in two minds. Um, it... Does that worry you, or you just that just happens to all players, you know, as a defender? Uh, it happens to all players, and I think in in all the I'm trying to stay off the hotel end nowadays because it's so negative. <laughs> yeah. It always draws me back in. But I saw people after West Brom saying like, "Oh, well, that's our season up in smoke and everything like we're rubbish." But um, a lot of people have been speaking about how uh, we're set up to go for three at the back now, um, and. I've not been able to get to either of the games. I've watched uh, all the highlights and heard people talking about the games and read all the all the um, conjecture and stuff like that. And a lot of people said there's a lot more focus on building out the back and holding on to the ball. Mm. I don't think we, we we talked about it a lot last season. I don't think by any means that uh, Brady and Calderwood was was route one in the sense that um, Cole was route one. It wasn't you know attrition. Um, that yeah. there was definitely a focus on getting the ball forward quickly, if that makes sense. So, yeah. um, not necessarily just lump it and hope, but it was definitely transitional and counter-attacking and, and building off a solid base. And then this year, I think that's really smart when you think about it. We won't know until the season starts. But if you now say, you know, we missed out, like you said, on promotion by 80 points, a good team in League Two, teams are going to um, set up to 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 defend us rather than going toe to toe and so having the ability to go through at the back maintain pressure higher up the pitch um hold on to the ball a bit better is really really smart you see a lot of big teams or, or teams in the prem sometimes they come up they they do well I, I think back to like swansea and even bournemouth and they try and play football and so people don't um allow you to do that they, they sit a little bit deeper after your first season wonder and then and then you're screwed because you don't have a plan b um so it's the the teams that have figured us out or, or think they've got us figured us out we're, we're we're showing something a little bit different and that's that again is something we didn't have last season the, the two things i think we could have improved on to go up would have been a plan b because when it wasn't working we we looked completely devoid of ideas um and some squad depth and he's adding yeah. the squad depth and we're developing our plan b through pre-season so being able to switch between the three and the four I think it is really good. It's going to have teething problems, as we saw even with Guthrie yesterday. But, um, you know, that's why we have pre-season, as they say, get it all out now. And and hopefully, um, you know, not, not against Colchester in a couple of weeks' time. Mm. 
Yeah, you're right. The problem we've got is time, isn't it? And yeah, maybe that's a philosophical question for us all. You know, have we got much time? <laughs> but um, it might be that we might have to take a little bit of a step back to, to move too forward in the future. So we might have to try a little, a couple of things up this season, you know, like playing out of the back, trying to switch things up, maybe trying a bit more tactically fluid. But that might mean that we're not necessarily going straight off the back and winning every game and being up there for the autos like we were last season. So it's going to play on the patience of the supporters, which is often not great, is it? But I think generally fans give Brady the benefit of the doubt in what he's trying to do and that he's trying to consolidate what he's what he's got, what he had last season and trying to make these improvements bit by bit to get us to a team that will perform in League One. So we'll see how it goes and how Cobblers fans deal with it. Let's go on to a little poll we put out this morning on Twitter just to see what people's inkling after a couple of, of friendlies. And I know there's not much to go on, but, you know, just uh, we put it out there. And uh, going with the HMS Pistol League theme, what we like to talk about, uh, a nautical theme, very, uh, yeah, very summer holidays, very seaside. Um, so we put it out on Twitter. What is your inkling for the season ahead? HMS Pistol League, obviously, you know, autos. Port playoffs, these are some terrible um, uh, nautical puns here. Uh, marooned in mid-table or bottom half Buccaneers. Now, I'm actually, there's only one vote, I think, for bottom half Buccaneers. Sounds like some terrible band name or something worse, bottom half Buccaneers. But um, yeah, one one vote for that. So that's 0.9%. 13.2% for mid-table, 50.9%, pretty much the winner for the playoffs. And then 35.1% as nailing themselves to the mask for... HMS Pistol League running away with it. James, obviously you went to the Luton game. Are you are you feeling you know optimistic for promotion? What is what is your feeling? Are you are you going to be patient if things don't go quite to plan like I've alluded to? Yeah, I think you've got to be patient. I think Brady's earned earned the right for that. Um, and we know we've got a good we know we've got a good kind of coaching team there with guys who care about the club. Um, but also, you know, have been in the game for a long time. So I think you, this is probably the most I've kind of trusted a, a coaching team in in a, in a fair old while, actually. Um, yeah, I, I think we'll be up there, like I said, just purely because we look super organised again in defence. Um, you know, uh, Calderwood's record with us is 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 insane. I think you look back to the season he won promotion with us as manager. I think that was 26 clean sheets. Then we got 23. Was it last year? You know mm. that that is so. The guy knows how to create a solid team at league at league two, and obviously you know Brady brings his his kind of own identity as well. Superb on the man management side of things, and clearly on the coaching side of things as well. Players improve under him, which it's been a while since we've kind of seen that from from a coaching team at the Cobblers. So I've got no doubts we'll be up there again. I think, but like I just say, I think the difference between kind of you know, improving on last season is just becoming a bit more creative in, in, in different ways. And like like Brendan says, identifying a plan B for when it's not working. I think the second half of last season, we started to kind of switch between, you know, three at the back and four at the back. And we did become a bit less predictable. Um, uh, so I, I think it's good that we kind of have those two options. Personally, I prefer four at the back. I think mm. five at the back, I think you, it does stifle you um going forward but obviously the, the flip coin is you're a lot harder to beat um so we'll, we'll see how it goes but i've got every confidence that we'll be up there again uh challenging uh to get out of the league 
yeah when you go five in the back sometimes you you worry where the likes of Pinnock will fit in or some more creative types it's just yeah there's, there's pros and cons to it and of course you need that tactical fluidity throughout the season because you can't just play one formation everywhere you get found out real quick so yeah it's just um just what where you will go with on that particular day and um, Max let's bring you in what's your feeling about the season ahead I guess the signings have all been pretty solid you can't really question many of them I guess it gives you you know pretty much some optimism doesn't it yeah I mean it does um there's there's a lot of um, things to look back on over this window and think you know it's been a very good window so far and the thing is is, is by the sounds of it um, from what Brady said in the week he said he's not quite done with it he still wants to bring in perhaps at least three or four more players maybe even more um, but he is trying to look at the attacking side of things I know you mentioned a lot about um, issues with creativity which is quite um, a, a very good point but you know I, I just think the season's the window's not quite done yet. I'd understand a little bit if you're a bit concerned about creativity if we get past the transfer window like shutting and we're still not rectified that. But I still think there's still a lot of time for us to to get it in and get it done. Um, I mean, a lot of Premier League teams don't usually let some of their youngsters go until like um, closer to when their season starts. Mm. Or, so there could still be perhaps one or two that we're looking at that clubs are a bit hesitant to release on loan. Um, I know, again, um, some Cobblers fans aren't happy with loans because obviously what happened with Keone Tetti and they're perhaps a little bit concerned with what that the same might happen to uh, Bowie uh, this season. And again, that's a, a, a justifiable concern. But um, I think Brady has uh, learned a lot of lessons and I still think he's got a couple of lessons to learn. Um, I think going to what Brendan said, we have to have that um, we have to not let our heads drop when we concede and we have to try and go for the win. I mean, that was one of our issues last season where whenever we conceded first, we just very rarely came back to ever. I don't think we won coming from behind last season. Yeah. Um, but then there were some games where we had we saw the Brady style of football, that late in Orient first half. Mm. Oh, you know, that was that was incredible. And I think that was the Brady, the football that he's been trying to play. Yeah. But then there's some games where it's it's very clear that Collins kind of told him, look, this is how we should set up and play. So it's kind of like, I don't think they've kind of settled on a particular style that suits both of them, if that makes sense. Mm, that's going to be a difficult one, isn't it? Uh, I think Brady was a bit more of an attacking player, just generally as a player, Colin Caldwell to be a defensive stalwart. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a difficult one, but it just seems a good combination maybe slightly dour sometimes that management combination but very solid as James mentioned early on um Martin optimistic sort of cobblers fan especially after a few pints do you reckon there's gonna be enough goals in this cobblers team Martin that's a big question for me <coughs> my, fe- my feeling is yes um I think Hilton obviously has something that we've not had before in terms of that that level of experience up there and um track record but I loved what I saw from Apare last season. Um, I thought, you know, it's just his confidence was was low, and he's he's come back. You know, he's he's bulked up. It, you know, he, he was a strong lad anyway. But he's, he, you know, he's come back, and the points made about having Boulder as well was unrecognisable when he came on. Um, I, as long as we can create along the lines of how we created last year, we weren't the most creative side, but I think we we more bemoaned that we missed chances than we didn't create many. I think we'll have a more confident Apare, um, 
Hilton, you know, we know we know what he does. And Bowie certainly, you know, some of his move his movement off the ball just looks like it's really going to open things up. So yeah, I, I you know I don't think goal scoring will be um, an issue an issue this year in the way that it probably has been for the last couple. I do have to caveat that with Martin was a big believer in the scoring abilities of Paul Culpin and never ever gave up on him. So uh, <laughs> we've, got to, we've got to caveat that Martin after that. As a, yeah, as a blind faith in these sort of guys, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Uh, I'm not aware of Paul Culpin. Did he have a mullet as well? <laughs> no, he, he was. I think this was just kind of, would have us get about 1988, maybe he signed. And yes, um, I think the mullet was sort of going out of fashion in sort of whatever except Australia, obviously, where it's it's never really gone. Tell him your your story about this goal that no one ever ever seen. Oh, man, you hallucinated. There's a game against against Fulham at home um, in about eighty eight, maybe eighty nine. It might for some reason I think it might even have been on a Sunday afternoon for for some reason. But Jim, big Jim Stannard was in goal for Fulham, and I think if I remember it rightly. He's misplayed a cross and either just let it let it in easily, or he's actually he's actually an own goal when he's come to take it. He's put he's put it in net. But then up at the spine cop end, ball's bouncing out um, towards the left the left hand corner where the old family enclosure would have been in the um, in the eight six eight seven season right where I'd have stood, and he's caught it absolutely sweet on sort of on the half volley as I recall. And put it in it in the sort of top right corner, and I'm like, this is one of the best cobbler's goals I've ever seen, but can't find footage of it anywhere. So yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> if at the very least, if anyone's listening and can validate that this happened and I didn't dream it, that would be really good. I reckon. I reckon that's one of those hallucinatory moments in the sun, in the sun at uh, uh, the county ground after yeah, too many beers. But we'll see. If anyone's listening, can you help Martin out with this one? Can you, can you <laughs> know if it happened. It's a uh, existential crisis otherwise but yeah it sounds like a good goal Martin we don't know if it ever happened um (laughs) Brendan just to sort of wrap up Brady's talked about continuity the club has talked about continuity and it looks like there was a good crossover of players from last season to this season but now they're talking now about even more signings maybe two or three more signings is it hard to keep that continuity and and that you know lack of creativity is there a conflict there can that can that be uh I mean, <clears throat> there's one thing to look at uh, the players that have left and the players that have come in. And uh, we do have to give everybody um, a little bit of time to bed in, like the same as any new signing. But I did the maths on um, on the Shoe Army Twitter and we, we the, in terms of like minutes uh, played, we've only lost two regulars in terms of Borsal and um, Roberts. The rest of the team, largely the spine of it, is there. And it's the depth players released, and and we needed, and we need to add some more. If you go just on numbers, um, then we need three or four more signings to get us back to the same squad size we had last season. Yeah. Um, so, I, you know, I I don't really see any any problem with 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 continuity. I think it could it could work in a positive sense. Like I was thinking, like with Ryan Haynes, like is that a okay, we might only hold on to Koike for a season. So we bed Haynes in for a season and then he can be the number one in his second year of his contract, whether in League One or not. And a lot of these players now, whether they're ones for the you know, future or a bit of a punt, they could be, we should be able to hold on to them if we were to go up. Whereas like you look at 
Good and, and, and other players like you get promoted. Ricky Holmes, another great example. You get promoted and then they're off. So we, there's you can look at it whatever way you want, really, to be honest. like I don't have a, a problem with it. The, the spine of the squad is there. The personalities are still there. Um, that that made the squad amazing last season. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, I think the, I've, I've said a couple of times, the minimum has to be playoffs with the spine that we've kept together and, and the um, calibre of player we've brought in, I think. So anything above that is, is positive for me. If we get into the autos, great. A lot of people have already got us written down for, for the top three, but I, personally, I think Mansfield coming back again, largely with the same squad. I think Bradford and Stockport are going to be there thereabouts. Um, so anything in the playoffs, and then we'll take our chances from there, is, is a good season for me. I think that's an important point, that we're actually lower on numbers than last season, so we're not actually yeah. sort of increasing on the numbers. We're not like, an, um, you know, when you say football manager or, and you've mm. got a too big a squad, and you're like, what am I going to do with all these guys? We're actually low on numbers, so... A few more will just bring us up to where we we were, so that's not really going to affect continuity too much. Um, we better shoot off because we're going to go and see what the away kit looks like. I've heard some news off on the uh, grapevine that it's been hacked by the uh, Russians and it's going to feature a massive uh, hammer and sickle, like the <laughs> Russian flag. So don't get too excited, Martin. But this could be a whole new direction for the Northampton uh, kit, uh, yeah, the uh, Soviet star. But we'll see what happens. And. Um, <laughs> On Twitter, I've seen Brendan. You've been a, you've been a naughty guy. Apparently, there's um, there's a news report that Peterborough United, Brendan, are interested in signing you as a fan. Uh, you've had <laughs> talked and uh, just sort of some personal terms. Can you can you confirm or deny, Brendan? Is this off that Hannah something account? Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah, I can't say where it's from, but apparently, yeah, there's been some very strong talks, and it's just personal terms. So if we don't hear from yeah. Brendan in the next few weeks, he's going to be down there the, the wrong side of the net. Yeah, I'll take Koike with me. <laughs> oh no, don't ever, don't ever say that. That'll be the next thing, won't it? Sixty-five thousand, like Tony Adcock and Bobby Barnes to uh, Peterborough for Koike. But um, cheers for joining us, guys. It's going to get really hot in the next few days, so hopefully we'll give some you know, some people something to listen to during the heatwave. Stay cool, guys, and we'll speak again soon. Thanks a lot. Cheers, all. Cheers, cheers guys. Cheers. Bye. Bye. cheers. Bye. If any of you going to Rushton, I'll see you there on Tuesday. <laughs> bye bye. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello HelloFresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.